This is the day the Lord has made. Thank you for joining us in worship today. We praise God for you and however you're listening. We pray the message you receive will allow you to strengthen your relationship in Christ and build his kingdom as we seek God, shape lives, and serve the world. Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 through 38. Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 through 38. And it reads, As Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in the synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Let us pray. God, our creator, sustainer, redeemer, we ask right now in a special way that you speak to us. We, your servants, every last one of us, including myself, God, speak to us that we may hear your words, but not just be hearers of your words, that we may follow your words and do your will your way. God, we ask that there will be no distractions that will keep us from hearing and then understanding, believing, and doing what you'd have us to do. We live in pivotal times right now, God. We live in times when we need you so very badly. So speak to us, guide us, direct us, bless us, so we can be a blessing unto others. Thank you for this day and for everyone present and for everyone who's, who's, who's in, who's tuning in on social media. Have your way, God, innocent through us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And amen. Our subject this morning, Lord, what are we to do? Lord, what are we to do? We are living in perilous times, and it's readily apparent. We really don't know what to do. On the world scene, Russia is still invading Ukraine, people are being misplaced relocated, starved, and killed even children. The world's economy is getting worse. There appears to be no solution. Lord, what are we to do? Nationally, inflation is taking a hold on our country. Prices are rising at a much greater rate than salaries are. The wealthy are getting wealthier while the poor are getting poorer and even more desperate. Hate is at an all-time high. Lord, what are we to do? Can you imagine an 18-year-old white man filled with hate driving hours to a predominantly black community to go into a store where people are shopping on an otherwise beautiful Saturday and he opens fire, shooting 13 people in which 10 die. We have to still shout out, shout out loud, Black Lives Matter. Because even though this white perpetrator of hate killed 10, when he threatened to kill himself, yeah, the officers kind of talked him out of it, seemingly suggesting that his life matters. I wouldn't mention this if it wasn't so prevalent all over the country that 
many black young people and black youth, those who may have guns or not have guns, sometimes are not given the benefit of the doubt. But when we look and see what happened, I'm not saying that the young man should have taken his life. I'm not even suggesting that at all. I'm just saying when we shout black lives matter, it doesn't mean that other lives don't matter. It just means that we're in the midst of a crisis and we need to shout it even louder. Where are we being taught? And where is it being put into our minds that it's open season on black folk? What are we to do about it? Even locally, when black people decide to kill black people on almost seemingly a daily basis, how is it that that behavior, how can that behavior be contained? What are we to do? We elect public officials who truly have a desire to keep the public safe, but how do they do that? We ask them, once they get in office, we ask them, how do you keep everybody safe? And they will tell you, I don't know. We can't do it. We need help. It's the community. They're saying, Lord, what are we to do? Personally, has there ever been a time in your life when you just didn't know what to do? I mean, you thought you knew, but whatever you did didn't work. If there ever was a time that we need clear direction, and clear understanding concerning what to do, the time is now. Things might be bad, but we can do something before they get even worse. Seeing that we have been called and empowered to do God's will, let's look at the first things we can do and must do as we strive for excellence in kingdom building. We ask the question, Lord, what are we to do? Now, I know you don't know where the sermon's going and all of that, but I want you to take time to ask somebody around you. Just say it. You say it. I'm asking the Lord. So I'm asking the Lord, what are we to do? All right, the first thing is we need to see the need. We need to see the need. Matthew chapter 9, verse 36 says, When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them, because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Matter of fact, in the Message Bible, it says in chapter 9, verse 36, the Message Bible says, when he looked out over the crowds, his heart broke. So confused and aimless they were, like sheep with no shepherd. What I'm saying is that Jesus saw the need of the people. He saw the people had need. He saw the predicament they were in. I don't know why it is so many times that we can't see the need in our community, that we can't see the frustrations, we can't see the hunger, we can't see the desire to actually want to have better and be better. There was a time when we all did speak to each other. I'm going to say that again. There was a time. When we did at least speak to, if we saw somebody, we looked, now I, I know there's some places in the United States that don't do that. I remember when I was given the opportunity to go preach revival in New York for Mount Lebanon, in Brooklyn, New York, and they put me in a hotel in Manhattan. And the hotel I was in in Manhattan, um, he told me, whatever you want to get past, just, just eat what you want to eat, charge to the room. And when I looked at the prices, I didn't want to eat at the hotel because I said, oh, I don't want the church to pay all that. 
So each morning I would get up and I would walk down um, uh, down the street, down out of New York, I would go down the street and walk down to a cafe where breakfast was a little less. But being from Savannah, I'm, I'm walking down the street in New York, Manhattan, and I'm passing people saying, good morning, good morning, how you doing? And folks looking at me like I lost my mind. You know, when you look at somebody, normally you will speak, if you will look at them, you ought to speak to them. So I'm looking, I'm saying, hi, good morning, how you doing? Good morning, how you doing? Good morning, hi. And, and they just walking past me like, I lost my mind. So every morning I'm doing this. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So Friday, I made up my mind, I'm going to get something to eat. And I'm not going to speak to anybody. I'm just going to look forward, and I'm going to get something to eat. I'm, I, I know I fucking New York are, so I, I got it. I'm not speaking. I went out the room, got the hotel, started down the street, walking past people, and folks said, oh, you're not going to speak this morning? I had no idea I was passing the same people every day. But, but we, we were at a time when we, could, we cared enough about each other, and I believe that that made us a safer society because other people saw other people as people. Y'all got to hear me today. We cared enough to at least acknowledge the presence of somebody and cared enough to smile, cared enough to let them know that it was okay to, for us to see them and for them to see us. Jesus saw the people in the cities and the villages as confused, helpless, harassed, and hopeless, just as sheep without a shepherd. Now, how dangerous is that? How dangerous is for there to be a lamb with no shepherd? How dangerous is it to have sheep without a shepherd? You realize when sheep do not have a shepherd that they're easy prey for any predatory. You realize that if they're sheep without shepherd, they're just sitting ducks. They're confused. They're probably argumentative. They're probably just really frustrated. They're probably always upset. They're never getting the nutrients that they need. They're not being led to still waters. They're not being led to green pastures. They're hungry. They're upset. They don't know what to do. Can you see them hungry for guidance, hungry for leadership, prone to be taken advantage of? That's what happens to sheep without a shepherd. We need to see our young people, and not only our young people, some of our not-so-young people. We can see and hear them crying out in desperation, crying out for things that they need, the things that they truly need. But the things that they truly need may not be the things that they think they want. Because if you're without a shepherd, you're not really sure what you want. You're just going to be led so you can get those things that you need. They may want a car and more money, but they need clear direction and a path to a brighter future, which in fact could include a car and more money. But how did they get there? Who would they trust? Who will listen to them? Who would take time to have a conversation with them, no matter how they're dressed, no matter where they've been, no matter how they smell, no matter what the situation they are in life? Who would take time to open our ears and open our hearts and let them express where they are in life? Who knows what happened to them when they were one and two years old? Who knows what happened to them when what happened to them and where they may have gone shopping? Who knows what may have happened in their life until we take the time to listen and hear and allow them to express themselves? They will wonder just like Jesus saw these folk as sheep without a shepherd. Second, once we see the need, we need to know what's needed. Know what's needed. Jesus says in Matthew 9, 37, then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, 
but the laborers are few. Laborers are needed. Uh, let me say it again. Workers are needed. People who want and can make a difference are needed. We need folk to work. We need folk to do the work God wants and calls us to do. There's a need for workers. One song says, the Lord is need of workers to fill his field today. So kindly he has called me to walk in wisdom's way. I pray for grace to help me with all my heart to say, oh, blessed Savior, count on me. People who want and can make a difference are needed. There's plenty to do, but who's going to do it? Not me. Who's going to do it? I don't have the time. Who's going to do it? It's not my job. Don't pay me enough to do all that. Who's going to do it? Why me? I, you know, I love it as pastor when I get all these years, get, get, get a chance to say something over the microphone and everybody sit there and say, boy, I'm sure Pastor Show told him this morning. They, they needed to hear that message because they, they, they ain't doing nothing. <laughs> Praise his name. The harvest is plentiful. There's a great need to address every situation in our community, every need. And I love it. For all these years, I sit on many different uh, committees, many different boards. Um, I, I love it, but it doesn't happen to me now as much. But when I first was going on all these boards and all these various committees and we're trying to solve all the issues of Savannah, I've been here long enough to, I believe, just about every issue we try to serve, I, I end up. I think it's something about when you get the new pastor, because they're doing it now to, um, uh, they're doing it now to Pastor Smith and some others. But, but see, like the new pastor come in town, gets appointed to all the boards and everything else because they're new. And they may not know certain things. They even put me on Cedar Board when I first got here. I was on the Savannah Economic Development Authority. They won't do it now, but they put me on it when I first got here because I didn't know what to tell them to do. <laughs> but but it, it was so it's so important. I've been on these boards, and I, I love it, but we would be in these committees, especially for now, it was a bunch of us old folk, oh, excuse me, older folk, and we're discussing how to solve the issues of the young people. And ain't no young people present. How you gonna do that? So I said up front, I'm not coming to any more meetings when you're talking about folk who are not present. I'm not coming to any more meetings talking about what we're gonna do about the people who've been incarcerated and there are no people who've been incarcerated present. I'm not going to any more meetings when you're talking about what we're gonna do for all the black folk and I'm the only black person there. I'm not going into more meetings where you get one or two people that's supposed to be speaking for everybody when you can represent, have more people represent because we need each other, we need everybody, we need to take time to allow people to tell us what's going on with them, allow God to direct us in what to do. The harvest is plenteous, the labors are few. But what I love about this, I used to be in some of these committees and they start blaming everybody. You know, folks say, well, you know, the school is to blame. The school's not doing what they ought to do. That's why they, that's why they act like they act. Okay. No, 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 no. They would say the, the police are to blame because the police did what they're supposed to do that folk wouldn't commit crimes. They wouldn't do all they're doing. Then they, the police would say, no, no, not the school. Say, no, no, not us. Then they say, the home is to blame. They say, because the parents ought to do better. No, they're not. The employers ought to blame because they're not paying them enough money. They go and then finally, they get around to it, say, oh, no, it's the church that's to blame. And then they, they'll look at me. And I'll say, you're right. The buck stops here. What, Pastor, wait a minute. Why would you say the buck stops there? 
because it all belongs to God. And we represent God. It stops with us. We can't keep complaining about the home. We can't keep complaining about the school. We can't keep complaining about the city. We can't keep complaining about the county. We can't keep complaining about anything else. Because the word of God tells us, Philippians 9 and 4.19, And my God will supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And we say that we are in Christ. Oh, this, this passage hit me a little differently than it normally does. This I've been reading this all my life, but it hit me a little differently. It said, uh, by according to his need in Christ Jesus. And I had to think about it. Who is in Christ Jesus? Well, love, who is in Christ Jesus? <laughs> Who's in Christ Jesus, Reverend Love? <laughs> we, we say that we've come to know Christ. We say that Christ lives in us. And we are in Christ Jesus. We are Christ walking and talking and living and breathing on this earth. We are in Christ Jesus. So when he's saying that, and my God shall supply all of their needs through us. And don't get all concerned and worried about, oh, he's trying to get all our money. Understand this. You can't give what you don't have. If God gave it to you, and he gave it to you and you give it, he can give it back to you and give you more. Hallelujah. Mm. Not And listen, we need more workers. We need workers, but not just any worker. Look at what Jesus said in Matthew 9, 36. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. We need laborers with compassion. Hate can't defeat hate. Bigger guns might be a strategy, but it's not what's needed. Jesus is our example. What's needed is compassionate servant leaders. Let me say it again. What's needed is compassionate servant leaders. Jesus has compassion on them and did something about their situation. He's calling on us to serve. He's calling on us to care. He's calling on us to be compassionate because if we're not doing it, it only gets worse and worse and worse. He's calling upon us to do our part. Well, why are you saying that, Pastor? Well, for, for years, as pastor, I have not had to receive a call that uh, anybody that I could think of, that anybody now and our church family had been shot. Um, I think I had received that. If I could think through the years, I don't believe so. I hadn't had to get on my bed for that. Um, but I want you to know that as of first Sunday, early first Sunday, we didn't talk about it on Mother's Day because it's Mother's Day, but early on first Sunday, I got a call that one of our members had been shot. Not killed, just, just shot. In the case, if you could ever say something like, just shot, but he was shot. And on the same day after church, and on my way home, I got a call that one of our, another one of our church members' house had been shot up, but nobody was injured. So can we sit back and do nothing and think that it's always going to be in that neighborhood, it's always going to be the other people that hate, it's always the other people who are doing certain things? Or can we truly understand and believe that God moves in us to do the work God wants us to do. Don't be worried about the bird. Remember the Holy Spirit descended as a dove. Hallelujah. Mark chapter 10 verses 43 through 45 says, Jesus says, but it shall not be among you. 
But whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man, notice he says, for even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus came to serve and we must serve this present age. I'm almost done. After we see the need, yeah, after we see the need, after we see the need, and after we know what's needed, we must thirdly address the need. We must address the need. How do we get what's needed? How do we get what's needed? Matthew 9, 37 to 38. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out labors into his harvest. Did you hear that? The labors are few. Laborers are needed. What's the answer? The word of God says, pray. Y'all said we always praying. Yeah, the word of God says, pray. But let, let, let me kind of help us with what that means. The word of God says, pray. That means get instructions from God. In other words, there are some things that we believe we have the answer to. There are some things that we believe we already have the answer. Some things you're thinking, I don't even really need to pray about this. I don't really think about this. I just need to go out and handle this and do this. But all through God's word, we'll find out that when things were handled, they were handled after folk talked to God about it. I want you to know I'm excited about this 40th appreciation and us going out to the community and being service and all of this. But Reverend Luckett was very gracious to help me to begin to think about it and realize to all of us in our congregation, there are things that we were saying for all of us to go do without first going to God and getting specific directions from God individually about how we're going to serve this present age. So that's where we are now. That's what Sister Mary was talking about. She said, this week, get with your various ministries. Get with your various auxiliaries. Get with whatever group you're a part of and call them. Y'all could pray on the prayer line. Or you could call and, and pray on our Zoom line because we have many different rooms in the Zoom. Or you can actually get together, come to the church and pray or pray at someone's house like we did college prayer. However you decide to do it. But this week, take time to ask God direction on what it is, how it is that we can prepare ourselves to help our community not be so violent this summer. Don't just sit back and anticipate violence. Don't just sit back and anticipate the folk on your corner where you live going to be crazy and do all kinds of stupid stuff. Pray and ask God, what is it that you can do? What is it that we can do? What can we do as a group? What can we do as a church family? What can we do all of the different auxiliaries and, and the different committees and the different boards and the different nonprofits that we have in our community how can we work together to make sure that we lessen and, and and take out the violence that normally would happen in our community that's what he's calling us to do he says pray pray get marching orders from god why should we take time to go to god because god has what it takes to handle the situation one song used to say i must tell jesus I must tell Jesus. And as a little boy, I used to ask when we sing to him, I must tell Jesus. I used to ask the question, why must you tell Jesus? But the song answers, say, Jesus can help me. Jesus alone. If we're looking for help, that's a great place to start. If you're looking for peace, that's a great place to start. If you're looking for joy, that's a great place to start. Start with the Lord who loves us and cares for us. That's a great place to start. So we are praying. And notice this, 
We know God can handle whatever situation it is. God can handle it. He can do it. God can do it. Let me say, well, I got to say it again. God can do it. Is there anybody who believes God can do it? We know it's too hard for the police. We know it's too hard for, for the mayor. We know it's too hard for the county commission. But God can, does anybody believe God can do it? Oh, I got to take a survey today. See what crowd I'm with. Do you believe God can do it? Is there anybody who believes God can do it? Yeah, he'll make a way out of no way. He'll be a bridge over troubled waters. And the Bible is true. God can do it. But my brothers and my sisters, look at how God chooses to do it. Look at what God will do. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. And it says, now unto him who's able to do it. Y'all got to hear it. Now unto him who's able to do abundantly above all that we ask or think, comma, but it's according to the power that works in us. In other words, God can do it, but he chooses to do it through you. God can do it, but he chooses to do it through me. God can do it, but he empowers each one of us to do it. So what must we do? We've got to pray to the Lord of the harvest that he would get us in a position that we can serve like he wants us to serve. We have to pray so he could get us in a position so we can love like he wants us to love. We have to pray that he'll get us in a condition that we will forgive like he wants us to forgive. We have to pray that he works on us, that we could be more like him. But when you say more like him, pastor, what are you talking about? I've seen, I've come short. I've messed up. I've done wrong. I'm not Jesus. I'm not God. Oh, no. I'm not asking you to be there. Because the Bible says we all have sinned and have come short. And the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life. He's gifted us eternal life. And he's empowered us to make a difference in the life we live. All I'm saying to you is allow the Lord to work through you. Allow the Lord to help you to help somebody else. If I could help somebody as I go this way, then my living will not be in vain. If we could do what the Lord has called us to do, I know you're thinking because I'm not perfect, because I haven't lived right, that I can't tell somebody else how to live right. But listen to me, my brothers. Listen to me, my sisters. Nothing could be further from the truth. The truth is nothing but the truth, no matter where the truth comes from. It's amazing to me how we'll take a lie from anybody, but don't want to hear the truth from somebody. It seems to me you need to be able to tell the truth and let truth does what truth do. <laughs> yeah, tell somebody that God loves them. Tell somebody that God loves them so much he sent his son to 40 and two generations. He came to this earth and went about doing good. Out of all the good Jesus did, folk talked about him, ridiculed him, called him everything but a child of God. But look at our Lord and Savior. He kept on doing good. Even though they talked about him, he kept on doing good. Even though they threatened him, he kept on doing good. Can you see our Lord and Savior, even when they arrested him, and took him from judgment hall to judgment hall, pulling the hair out of his beard. Can you see our Lord and Savior who knew he had to die 
for all of my sins and all of your sins. The Bible says they put nails in his hands, nails in his feet, crown of thorns on his head and on the cross because he loves us so much. The Bible says he died. He died. I got to take time and say, Lord, I thank you. Why did he have to die? The songwriter said, what can wash away our sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make us whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. So he died. His blood shed. He died, but that's not the end of the story. They placed him in a borrowed tomb. He stayed there all night Friday. Stayed there all day Saturday. Stayed there all night Saturday night. But early on that Sunday morning, he got up from the grave with power. Power over the grave. Victory over death. Can you see our Lord and Savior who was seen by more than 500 people walking on the earth after he died and rose? Then he ascended into heaven and sent back our help. Our help is the Holy Spirit who lives in us, who guides us, who directs us, who will help us to do the work God has called us to do. We need to start by praying, but we're praying for action. I know a lot of times folk get tired of church folk praying. They say that's all we're going to do is pray. Oh no, that's all we're going to start to do. We're going to start it with prayer. We're going to pray while we do it. We're going to end it with prayer. Because we recognize who's our help. All of my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. The world and they that dwell therein. For he had founded it upon the seas and established it upon the floods. Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? God loves us. And we need to get that message out to everybody else. Don't look down on folk. Let them know God loves them. God, whoever they are, God loves them. I know we're so familiar with John 3.16. Y'all know what I tell you, John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But my brothers and sisters, I'm saying to us now, don't just recite John 3, 16 without reciting John 3, 17. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved. What would happen if us good church folk would quit condemning everybody and start letting them see God's love in us? They might just stop killing each other. They might just look to a God who loves and cares and ask you, can I serve a God like that? Can I love like he loves? In spite of what I've done, can God even accept me? And we have to be honest with them and let them know we messed up too. We, we weren't born with wings. We weren't born with halos. But it was God who loved us so much that forgave us of all of our sins. Died and rose from the grave. There may be someone here today who's saying, I need the Lord in my life. Maybe someone who's watching on social media that said, I need the Lord in my life. I've sinned. I've come short, and I know that the ways of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. I need the Lord in my life. 
So if you're here today or if you're even watching on the day, there's a prayer that I will pray that you can repeat after me. Now, it's a prayer you have to pray. The Bible says, if you shall confess your mouth to Lord Jesus and believe in your heart, God is raised from the dead, you shall be saved. So I can't pray it for you, but I'll lead you in this prayer. And by this prayer, this profession of faith, you'll be saved. So if you want to do this, repeat this prayer after me. It says, Father God, I have sinned. I have not been all I should be. I am sorry for my sins. I want to turn from my sins. I believe in my heart. Jesus died for my sins and rose from the grave. I'm willing to trust you, God, all the days of my life. Holy Spirit, come into my life. Help me to be what you want me to be. I will tell others that you saved me. Thank you, God, for saving me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you've accepted Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, we ask you to let us know. Please contact us. Let us know so we can help you develop. If you want to be a member of First African Baptist Church, if you're here today, you can just walk down the aisles and let us know that. But if you're on, on social media and you want to accept Christ, you can let us know that as well, and we'll correspond back with you. Praise God for the ones coming on today. God bless you. Amen. If there's any others, won't you come? Any others, won't you come? Thank God for you. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Sister Emma, is he? Hallelujah. All right. Again, we're going to ask everyone that as we as we conclude, we're going to ask if everyone, uh, after the benediction, if you'll be seated, the ushers will come to you so you can leave uh, spacing out, being spaced out as you leave on today. And um, those who would like to meet with or talk with any of the candidates, we're going to ask that they, ushers, that you let our candidates go out first so they'll be outside and they could talk with whoever may want to talk with them. And then after the candidates go out, we're going to ask if each one of you would just uh, go as the ushers direct you to go. We're so grateful for you coming and worshiping with us today at First African Baptist Church. And we're giving God all the praise, the honor, and the glory. Let us pray. God, again, we thank you. We love you. We adore you. Magnify your name. We ask you to ever keep us and strengthen us that we can do the work you called us to do. Bless us now, God, that we'll do our part to help this community. But right now, God, help us to be in prayer asking you, Lord, what can we do? And then, Lord, show us what to do and then give us a mind to do it. Not just pray, but pray and do action. Do the work you call us to do. And now we ask the grace of God, the love of Jesus, and the sweet communion of the Holy Spirit, with rest and in the Bible, now henceforth and forevermore, that all the people of God say amen and praise God. Remain connected to us as we build God's kingdom together. Join us on Facebook at the historic First African Baptist Church and our website, firstafricanbc.com. You may also contribute through an app called Givelify, G-I-V-E-L-I-F-Y. May God bless you and thank you for worshiping with us.